police in the morning. An astonishing 116 people are dead. Max Jenke accused of murdering them all with his trusty meat cleaver is about to receive justice, the electric chair. But from the first high voltage blast, it becomes clear that Max is no ordinary serial killer. With a blood-chilling laugh from the depths of hell, he enters a world beyond our comprehension. Transformed into an unstoppable supernatural force, Max vows revenge on the cop who captured him. Well aware of the maniacal killer's passion to destroy, Detective Lucas McCarthy can only begin to imagine the horror that awaits him and his family. From Sean S. Cunningham, producer-director of the original Friday the 13th, comes this new kind of terror. Starring Lance Henriksen, Rita Taggart, and Brian James, the horror show takes fear to the extreme and beyond. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. Bros. Who review B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. Here we are, week five, the final week of VHS month this year. And we're taking a look at the 1989 classic, The Horror Show. Also known as House 3, even though it has nothing to do with House 1 or 2. So you heard what the back of the VHS box had to say. Let's dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties. Top and bottom three. Let's... Let's get the bottom out of the way first, because there was a lot that I actually liked about this movie. Alright, let's see what we can find the shit on this movie about. So, number three. The movie had some confusing bits, like, how the hell were they able to be in the power plant, but they weren't there, and the scene, like, cut back and forth because electricity happened, but they weren't really at the plant, so where'd that electricity come from, and... trying to wrap my head around, like, was there teleportation going on, or was it all in somebody's head, and... I don't know. Yeah, I get when movies want to have, like, mystery where you're not sure what happens, but this one just does things and expects you to follow, I guess. I don't think they came, they knew what was going on. It's like, oh, this would look cool, maybe. Number two. At one point, the daughter has a baby, I guess, and they, like, pick it up, and it's got, like, a weird, like, balloon-looking face on it, and it just, it looks really terrible, it's kind of like if you took, like, a character from an N64 video game with a realistic face and, like, put it in doll form. Like, it it, it, it doesn't fit in the world. I feel like it would have worked better had, like, the scenes before not been, like, so disturbing and, like, really serious and actual horror if it had, like, remained silly. That, But that's, like, another thing. And number one, Janky's laugh. It is not blood chilling from the depths of hell. It's, <laughs> he sounds like the fucking witch from the goddamn Wizard of Oz. Like, it's not fucking scary. It's annoying as all hell. It's like you went to a sorority house and someone had too many drinks and they're just over there going, <laughs> all night. Like, he laughs so much in this movie and I want to gouge my ears out every single time. It's like a mix between the wizard, the witch from the Wizard of Oz and Peter Rottentail from, well, Peter Rottentail. It's like that fucking giddy little evil laugh. Alright, number three. So, there was kind of a weird tonal shift throughout the film, which I don't think was intentional, because I I think this movie was supposed to be serious the whole time, but because of the budget, the goofy acting, and other reasons, it's really hard to take a lot of it seriously. So, just, there are times where, like, it was really funny, like, I, it had me laughing really hard, but there are other times where I'm like, oh, that was genuinely unsettling, so, it kind of worked, but 
I don't think they intended it to be that way, and it's a little off-putting, to say the least. Number two. So, there were a lot of things in this movie that were really unclear as to what actually happened. Like, Corey said, like, was it a dream? Was it, like, I don't know, did it take place but get reversed because Lucas defeated, um, defeated Max Jenke or, like, what even was going on? It's like they knew they wanted to have... It, it, it kind of felt like they had seen Night, um, Nightmare on Elm Street and wanted to do something similar, but didn't feel like writing anything to, <laughs> you know, make have it make sense. So they're like, don't worry, it'll be fine. We'll just have them do shit, and then it'll all get resolved somehow at the end. And at the end, like, you're expecting, like, something to... Well, actually, that leads to number one. The ending just made no sense, like Corey said. They were... They needed to, like, pretend electricity from an imaginary power plant to kill Janky or something like that, like... It made absolutely no sense. And then at the very end, you think, like, oh, maybe they're going to explain it. Maybe this is all a dream or something. Nope. The twist ending is they find the fucking cat. Like, <laughs> w w what even was that? I, I didn't even realize I had a cat. Like, I think I remember briefly they were looking for it, but I don't know. I didn't know if it was a cat or, like, a turtle or what it was. Like, I just knew that they were looking for something. I'm How like, could oh, you forget about Cos Cosmo the cat? Because Max and Lucas were definitely took the spotlight from fucking Cat. Well, and that leads us to the top three. So for me, number three, I actually really enjoyed the tonal shift from, like, sort of a dark comedy to just, like, a straight-up fuck-with-your-head, like, what is going on here. Even if it wasn't intentional. Like, I, I just... I thought it really fit the movie because... Lance Hendrickson's character, uh, Lucas, Detective Lucas, was dealing with a lot of mental issues, and he was questioning his reality. So, for you to question the reality of the movie really puts you in the character's shoes, and I, I enjoyed that, whether intentional or not. That's deep. That, like, brings a whole new level to this movie that I, I hadn't even thought of. I, I have transcended with Max Jenke to the next level. Three deep, five me. <laughs> Number two. The practical effects for this movie... It, for the most part, they look really good, especially the the pregnancy scene, um, which is fairly disturbing. To say the um, least. And Janky the Turkey, um, which I would like to see in a death battle against Turkey from Thanks Killing. Yeah, him him team up with Janky and like Turkey will team up with like Freddy Krueger and see who will win. <laughs> that would be amazing. And then number one, of course, has to be Max Jenke. Um, the one-line spewing serial killer who transcended mortality just to fuck with Lance Henriksen. Like, that's that's his whole reason for going from serial killer to slasher status is he wants to fuck with the cop that arrested him. Like, like how more petty of a backstory... For someone so badass is to have a body count of 116, according to the back of the box. Like, So why'd you come back to life? Oh, I wanted revenge for this thing. Oh, why'd you come back? I need to, you know, deliver a message. Why? I just wanted to be a dick to this cop. Like, that's basically it. <laughs> but it's just so... It's terribly awesome. Like, Alright, so number three, there were a lot of good practical effects, like Corey said, like there was the pregnancy thing, the turkey, the like, baby, which like, was 
disturbing and, like, kind of annoying, but, you know, it worked. But even, like, some of the, like, body parts you just find around and the, the head severed the heads. Fryer. Yeah, like, it was just, it was very fun. It was very, like, horror house kind of, um, kind of effects and aesthetics, and I really enjoy that kind of stuff. Number two, like, Max Jenke as, uh, as the main villain was just extremely entertaining. He had some great one-liners. He was just, like... This is off the wall, like, I'm gonna do whatever kind of guy, like, who just came back for, just to fuck with this dude, like, nothing could stop him, like, he gets executed, and he just keeps walking and everything, and then after the words, he's just, yeah, he's, nothing stops him. Even if his laugh makes you think he's just trying to steal a flute from a young child? Total badass, but, like, yeah. Speaking of badasses, I have to credit Officer Lucas, who was, in his own right, just one of the most badass cops, like, in movie history that doesn't get nearly as much recognition as he deserves. And it was really cool to see this gritty badass cop going head-to-head with this, like, deranged psychopath, like, both both willing to just, like, duke it out in this one-on-one winner-take-all fight. It was such a great dynamic between the two that I really made the film as entertaining as it was. And now it's time for us to have our weekly one-on-one fight with a good old-fashioned quote war. Quote war. We'll quote this movie back and forth. You tell us who had the better quotes. I'll start us off this week with, doesn't it make you horny knowing I'm watching? Increase the voltage, shithead. All that did was give me a hard-on. Did I catch you with your pants down? This is just the beginning. Blow it at your ass, pinhead. I was overcome by desire. I'm coming back to fuck you up. That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this film or anything else you'd like to say about it, please leave it in the comments below. It's time to give this film our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale. 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a 2 out of 10. I also gave it a 2 out of 10. Honestly, I don't think that Lance Henriksen should have stood a chance against Max Janke. You know, a serial killer with over 100 kills who trained himself to be electrocuted just to transcend to a higher plane of existence. Gotta have an amazing power level to pull that off. I mean, I don't know what really did and didn't happen in this movie because things just kind of randomly happen and then are reversed and didn't happen and they teleport between different places and shit. But by God, I had a good fucking time the entire movie. Like... You know, it doesn't matter how confused I was or what really did or didn't happen and who's dead and who's alive. The movie was a good time. Now that I'm thinking about it, I, I really think that they pulled the whole electricity from this place that may or may not exist to defeat him just because they hadn't thought of a way to actually stop Genki. <laughs> like, yeah, here's this contrived, like bizarre, like, weakness that he has. I mean, earlier in the movie, he got stunned by touching a light bulb. Come on. They could have thrown a fucking hairdryer in the back. could have thrown light bulbs out. (laughs) Put his hand in a toaster. The horror show is simultaneously one of the most disturbing, yet unintentionally hilarious slasher films I've seen in a long while. The epic battle between Officer Lucas and Max Jenkins goes into extra innings when... Janky comes back from the dead to terrorize Lucas and his family. The over-the-top acting and silly antics by Janky and Lucas are extremely entertaining. While the actual murders and violence were, in somewhat in some situations, really unsettling, it was somewhat inconsistent, said the least, but entertaining nonetheless. Janky may not be 
be as well known as slashers such as Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, and Michael Myers, but damn it, he deserves an honorary mention amongst the great slashers in film history. Well, whether you liked it, want to have a little more fun, or forget about it altogether, we always have ways to drink away this flick, drink away this flick. So come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away this flick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll use some drinking games for this film, but remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time Janky laughs, take a drink. Number two, every time Vinny is in the basement, take a drink. Number three, whenever Scott has his headphones on, take a drink. Number four, anytime somebody mentions electricity, take a drink. Number five, of course, because it's VHS month, anytime somebody mentions a location, take a drink. And bonus for VHS month, if you're actually watching the movie on VHS, anytime your tracking kicks in, take a drink. Every time there's a flashback, take a drink. Every time you see a severed head, take a drink. Every time Lucas shoots something, take a drink. And every time the furnace is activated, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away this flick. If you have any other thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, you can leave us a comment either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at gmail.com, like us on Facebook at facebook.com, or follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros, or my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all the other content, including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website bmoviebros.com, where we have new shows each week. If you want to help support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links are right below. Well, we've come to the end of VHS month. It's been a fun month, to say the least. Oh, yeah. Um, some interesting things and stuff that really has nothing to do with the other. So let's rank our movies. For me, in the number five spot was Zipperface. It was just your standard slasher fare, and the longer I get away from it, the less I remember. Number two. I mean, four. Too Smart for Strangers with Winnie the Pooh. I mean, obviously not intended for me, but I could see the purpose for it. Number three. Bloodsucking Pharaohs in Pittsburgh. It was a fun slasher film that may or may not have taken place in Pittsburgh and obviously didn't have any blood-sucking pharaohs, but, you know, power tools as murder weapons, always a good time. Number two, Night of the Creeps. Tom Atkins steals the show. And number one, The Horror Show. Lance Henriksen and Brian, whatever his name is, Brian James, just... They are a great duo, and their rivalry, especially Brian as Max Janky, is just fantastic. And I, I would rank it above a lot of slasher films and horror movies that I've seen in a long time. Yeah, so number five, Too Smart for Strangers with Winnie the Pooh. Number four, I picked Bloodsucking Fairs from Pittsburgh. I felt lied to because neither of those things, as far as I could tell, were actually in the film. But, you know, it was kind of entertaining. I enjoyed it. Number three, zipper face. You know, there was a guy wearing a mask with a zipper on it, so at least there was some truth to the title. Number two, Night of the Creeps. It was a genuinely fun movie. You know, alien slugs infecting people and shit and turning them into zombies. You know, got that B-movie charm. I, I definitely, a lot to appreciate. Good film. But number one, the horror show. Everything about it was either, like, just hilarious or, like, genuinely unsettling in, like, a good horror film kind of kind of way. So I gotta credit it. it was, um, you can definitely see a lot of talent between every aspect of it, between the effects, the writing, the directing, the acting. It was, overall, a fun time. I kind of want to see a mustache off between 1980s Tom Atkins and 1980s Burt Reynolds. I don't know why, 
but I just want to know, like, like who wore it better, or is it the same mustache? Maybe they're the same person. Dude, you know, that gives me a great idea. Alright. We should explore next month things that may or may not have happened, things that may or may not be true. We should take a look at conspiracies. Ooh, movies that have conspiracies fun. around them or in them. And I know the perfect one to start with. We'll take a look at 1994's The Crow and what really happened to Brandon Lee. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Get on the next one. I'll see you in a little bit.